Welcome, my brother, to round two. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad to have you. I'm honored to be here, to be back. And uh, it's it's going to be an explosive one. Yeah. It's going to be dynamite. Okay, come I'm on. I'm here with my, uh, my dear friend, Tracey Campbell. On. Hello. Owner of Hey Believer. Yes. Yes. He's writing a book. Okay. Well, let's not he get actually just too... spoke at our young adults. It's true. It changed our lives. Flipped them. Come on. We let Jesus flip our lives. Come on. That's what he a does. Bit, and then we ate with him. So that was a good time. It was really, um, really special. Yeah. Tracy said no tangents because he says apparently I go on tangents. No, I didn't say that you go on tangents. I said that there was a tangent that we went on. Mm-hmm. Our last mm-hmm. yeah. conversation. That's a, there's so a difference. Saying, yeah. So he's saying, in other words, that I go on tangents. So I'm gonna <laughs> refrain from from doing that. You're ridiculous. Um, I don't know why he would say that, but <laughs> interesting. Tracy, let's talk about race, bro. Let's talk. Why do we have about, white churches and why do we have black churches? Oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> what a question, oh, man. That to start off with. But I am, I'm not lying though. Why do we have white churches and why do we have black yeah. churches? That is a fantastic question. I think that we should have and operate as one body. And we should, through our unique um, expressions of the beauty of Jesus, live in togetherness and gather together as one. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I don't typically know. I mean, I've we might have white churches and black churches because of culture, the influence of culture, mm-hmm. maybe wrong believing. I don't think we necessarily need a white church or a black church. I think we are one body. So, and the body is beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's diverse. It's colorful. <clears throat> we need to get to a place of understanding that we've been made one. Mm. Mm. Go deeper. <laughs> oh my gosh. Bro, if I talk, I might go on a tangent. So oh my goodness, you're so funny. Well, we look at the fact that um like Ephesians 2 14, 13 through 14 talks about how Jesus he really did uh he destroyed the dividing wall of hostility, making us one. Mm-hmm. And so now that that veil has been torn, and now that really the fog has been lifted we can live in oneness together in love because mm-hmm. of what he did in mm-hmm. his physical body. And so he brought both, you know, Jew and Gentile together as one. There's mm-hmm. no now distinction or difference between the two of them. Um, but if people are unaware of that and they're blinded to that, they'll mm-hmm. still believe that we have to remain divided when we don't have to, because mm-hmm. he already finished everything mm-hmm. to make us one in him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we were, I, no one's going to hear that. Oh. Um, my boy Mark is making his coffee right now. Come on, praise the Lord. Praise God. Bless his soul. We bless him. Um, so we were talking uh, at Mark's house actually about, uh, what, what, do, what do we call them? We call them... Uh, stereotypes? Stereotypes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. Gosh. Whoa. The okay. laughs. Well, you know, well, I'm sorry. That was kind of like, that sounded okay. like a little maniacal. <laughs> No, I just mean you're loud. Just you're loud. Gonna, you're going to clip my mics, bro. Jesus, okay. sorry. You just got to turn your head a little bit. I'm just but, a boisterous um, person. Um, no, laugh, bro. Don't don't hold back. <laughs> um, 
Stereotypes? Yeah, stereotypes. Kind of like a little way you let the devil in. It's a little... I mean, some people way. might agree, disagree. I personally don't like stereotypes because I believe that, you know, whether a stereotype is for the sake of comedy or there is some, you know, potential element of truth maybe in it, it just doesn't bring anyone mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. at least from my experience, mm-hmm. um, where there have yeah. been stereotypes projected onto me because sure. I'm black, that I am to like certain kinds of foods or I am to... Uh, enjoy certain types of drinks. Yeah. And then it might make you feel uncomfortable if you do enjoy those foods because then they're like, oh, you just fit the stereotype. But I totally. enjoy, like or, for me, like I enjoy all foods. Right. Or it's or, or it's the exact opposite or I don't like those kinds of foods or those kinds of drinks. I just enjoy good food. And then and you're just like, why does it matter what I enjoy? A good something what, to drink. <laughs> why, does, why does what I eat define who I am? Totally. So it just comes down to this whole thing of like, why does this define who I am? Like these stereotypes, they just predicate like prejudice they pre- like they they insinuate that like um you're you're to be a certain way right. um I, I notice a lot of stereotypes um for asians for blacks for russians like it doesn't matter like if it's a cultural yeah like race and it's not really necessarily defined by a color mm-hmm. or if it's even defined by a color and culture you know yeah. there's like a combination of different types yeah there are a slew And um, I'm just not the biggest fan of them. And I know some people could probably make a a valid argument about why they believe stereotypes are necessary or are for the sake of a laugh, which could very much so be justified. However, for me personally, because of my desire for people to live in unity, I don't see stereotypes Mm -hmm. really bringing many people together. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like they kind of do the opposite, Mm -hmm. at least from what I've seen though, through experience. But I mean, I mean, I know that like you, like if, if someone said a stereotype in the room, it wouldn't necessarily, you wouldn't take it to heart. No, I wouldn't be offended. But you would, you would, you know, respond back. I would probably object to it for sure. I'm a pretty outspoken uh, individual I know. where <laughs> I know, I know. but also, it. but also I, I, I have learned how to have cadence in a conversation where yeah. I'm not just coming at you with guns blazing. I may pose a question or I may make a statement that could lead the conversation in a direction that might be helpful for mm-hmm. the both of us to understand where you were coming from when you made that statement or that stereotype yeah. and also where I'm coming from. And as to why I might not really agree with it or it might not be helpful, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't believe anyone that is vocalizing a particular stereotype yeah. per se is, is intentionally being malicious. Yeah. And we talked about that on the last right. one that people just don't do that. Um, yeah. But I think sometimes we define what's good by what we could get if like we could get away with it. Yeah. Or if it doesn't cause, you know, someone to break down and cry, like then it's necessarily fine because... You know, it's not really causing like we can get away with things because it's not causing that much harm. We understand that it causes a little bit. I think everybody understands that, you know, any little bit of racism at the end of the day hurts a little bit. Right. You know, because we're like, it's quote unquote truth. Right. um, Which is not. No. It's true for some people, but not for all people. Right. Because, you know, uh. A stereotype is just based off of what one person did, and then they're doing a blanket statement on a whole population, right. which is not true at all. Or sometimes I even wonder 
could you create a stereotype out of nothing, nothing and then because you have influence or a platform mm-hmm. and then people do it hundred percent and yeah. you you broadcast that to whomever follows yeah. you and it creates this ideology or concept about a people group that actually doesn't exist yeah well you just create that thing um you know like our, our words have power right they so do. we we and even beyond just like your words having power and authority we go into like the prophetic of just that your yeah. words are prophetic yeah and so I know that like whatever my parents spoke over me translated to here on, you know, in the present. And I know that for a fact that what people have spoken over my life, whether they knew me or didn't know me, it, it transpired over the course of the years like that I was developing and growing. So I could see that like stereotypes will al- almost lead people in a way because imagine just you're growing up and people are saying, yeah, you're going to be in a life of crime. Like that's just how it is. And right. then you, you lo and behold, you, you believe it and you're like, well, I'm, I mean, I'm just called to this. So it's right. like, and that's I'm, the kicker. What you just said, you believed the the mm-hmm, lie or mm-hmm. the, the label of the word yeah. spoken over you. Yeah. I mean, essentially like, I don't even think it goes back to necessarily race. It's just, it's just this concept of like, you know, we support lies yeah lies you know like from people getting to where that we'd want them to be um i know for me i definitely used to joke about stereotypes a lot and would you know lightly joke about race and right whatnot right. um did you ever experience racism yeah yeah i did but not like directly but very indirectly like at the time i was a baby but uh, so you remember racism as a baby? <laughs> no, no, so okay. so directly but indirectly. <laughs> totally. So I wasn't present, but my parents were present, and mm. obviously, so um, I had just been I had just been born, or my brothers and sisters had just been born. I'm not sure which, but uh, my my grandma lived in the south, and mm. um, I'm you know like there's still honor and all that stuff, but um. And we have no hurt. Like, we don't carry it with us or anything like that. We've moved so far beyond what happened. Yeah. But she would not she would not see her grandchildren because we were colored. Oh, yeah. You did tell me yeah. that. So. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little wild. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, like, not nothing big, but, you know, just how it is. Like, when you have revelation of who you are and identity and people come up to you and they're like, hey, so, like, what race are you? And you're just like, well just a child of God. Like, <laughs> yeah. And, or I'm like, yeah, my dad's half white and, or whatever, or like, yeah, y- you know, and they'll dig to find whatever that small ethnic group is. And totally. Like, oh, okay, like, what's the history of that? Oh, oh, that's what you are. Totally. I'm like, well, my, my dad's white. He's from Texas. Right. My mom's from the Philippines and they're like, oh, so you're Filipino. And I'm like, well, totally. Not necessarily. Actually, I have a question <laughs> for you about that then. Yeah, go for it. So growing up, did you encounter a lot of people that were very curious about what you were because you didn't look like, um, you mean, you didn't, you didn't, you don't look black per se, I guess in their eyes. And you also, you don't look white. So was the Mm -hmm. common question, Hey, what are you like? What Um, are you mixed with? Um, honest, well, honestly in high school, like I opted for like the be invisible method. Mm, So I would just kind of, disappear but when i would when people would ask i would just play along with whatever they thought 
So like mm. if they're like, oh, you're Hispanic. I'm like, yeah, I'm Hispanic. I was like, oh, you're Middle Eastern. Really? Like, yeah, Middle Eastern. So Because you I, actually do look like you could pass for someone that, that's from the Middle East. Yeah. So I kind of embrace it. Just like I consider it a blessing that like wherever I travel, like I really can, you know, I may not speak the language, but I can, you know, somewhat blend in and I consider right. that to be a blessing like right. when you travel and all that stuff because yeah. you don't get as mistreated or. You know, if you just don't say anything, you know, like I walk on to job sites sometimes and like people will laugh, but like Ukrainian guys will just walk up to me and they'll just start talking to me in Russian. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Mm-hmm. Just and I'm like, go along with I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm just kind of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then I walk away and I'm just, <laughs> and I don't break it because I don't right. want to make them feel. And like sometimes like, and it goes for everything, like the other races too. Like people have thought I'm Hispanic for years of my life. People have thought. I'm Asian for years of my life. Some people thought I'm Middle yeah. Eastern, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, I got, I'm at a point where like, I just don't correct people because it doesn't really matter to me, my mm. background at all. Mm. Um, and I actually see no reason to point it out mm. because what people are trying to do is they're trying to discover what race you are, your ethnic background, your cultural background, yeah. so they can subdivide you and put you in a category. They want to categorize you because when, when they can't categorize, categorize you it makes them feel uncomfortable it makes people feel um you know like they don't know because it's an unknown factor to them they just like anything you know it doesn't have to be race it could be um, yeah it could be socioeconomic class it could be career path it It just makes belief when someone can't categorize that's why we have all those things that's why we that's why the world's created like oh you're middle class upper class lower class oh you're illegal and you're legal your, um, yeah. you know, you're an immigrant, culture. you're a non-immigrant. It's like, at some point we forget that everyone was an immigrant, you know, mm. it's like, no, like everyone came from an immigrant family technically. Mm. So it just like comes down to this thing where like culture has since the very beginning of time, sub subdivided classes, you know, right. it's just how it's always been. And that's just because at the end of the day, everyone wants to be quote unquote, like in control or accepted, received, loved. So I mean, and I noticed that, but the thing why I don't acknowledge it is because identity of God and kingdom of God. And, and I just don't want to adopt or, you know, conform to like patterns of this world. Like the the Bible says, just to not conform. And like, I do really believe in kingdom of heaven and like how there will be a strong diversity, but yeah, at the same time, we're not looking for a diversity. And at the same time, we're not acknowledging, we're not, we're not, um, focusing on a specific, like getting this specific type of person in. Right. Or, you know, it just doesn't matter. It's just everyone, everyone is welcome and everyone is in the kingdom. And we just choose to see beyond that because there's actually so much more. Cause like, if we just continue to look at like the outward expression or the talents or the skills, we miss actually like the deeper things right? of like the prophetic, yeah. And so the more we focus on the physical, the less we can focus on the spiritual, which is that prophetic, that future of like what God's going to do in them. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think you've made some really strong points there. I'm in a space right now in my life where I so just desire for the body to be activated and the bride to be awakened. And when we allow for topics and, and um, 
conversation, hostile conversation surrounding um, a subject matter that is inherently evil because darkness is still on the earth. We, I don't know if we are actually dispelling it. Um, and so I just have a desire to, of course, have a conversation about race per se, while at the same time communicating that Jesus already finished this. So we actually can mm -hmm. live as one and how I look and how you look mm -hmm. does not have to keep us separate in any capacity. Mm -hmm. So that's really my heart is for, for us to really mm -hmm. just be really activated and awakened into our fullness mm -hmm. and live as one and yeah. of course manifest heaven on earth. Now, have I experienced racism in my life? For sure. But also I understand, well, that person was, was being influenced by darkness because anything that is functioning from a place of, of evil per se, or sin, um, a person is being influenced by the wrong kingdom, mm -hmm. which causes for them to behave outside mm -hmm. of who they actually are in Jesus, especially for a believer, specifically mm -hmm. for a believer. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I'm right now in a space in my life where I'm, I'm just excited to continue having conversation about, of course, race, but even greater about oneness. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, cool. Yeah, we are different. Mm -hmm. we, we possess different pigmentation, yeah. but we can live as one. Mm -hmm. And we can enjoy life together as one. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what I like about, you know, the early books of New Testament w with Jesus, Mark, Matthew, uh, John. Yeah. Um, did, I get, did I get the other Luke. one? Luke. Luke. Yeah. yeah. I always forget one of them. I'm gonna be <laughs> There's real only with, four. I'm going to be real with you. I always forget <laughs> no one kidding. of them. Yeah. I'm usually only 75% right. Um, that darn book of luke um it's a hey luke is an incredible no book. i'm not saying it's a bad book i'm just, just saying you forgot darn. it yeah i'm gonna get it exactly um well i like that well i mean first of all israel was a very centralized place in yeah. the old world of where it was positioned and the fact that like it was a marketplace it was also so it was a spiritual place but it was also a marketplace for many people yeah uh, and also a place where knowledge would pass through and is very centralized for land travel and like distributing trades and goods. And so I know for a fact that at that time where Jesus was, you know, people were following him, you know, he never necessarily indicated the people groups that were following him. He just, you know, kind of right. threw them all together. And I'm pretty sure like different economic backgrounds, different yeah. careers, different skin colors, totally different all cultures, them. Yeah. threw them all on a bunch. Because I think when you learn family, you appreciate the differences, yeah. but you won't call them out right. in the sense of like, uh, like your differences are going to help you in your ministry. They're going to help you because like you're going to effectively reach people who yeah. struggle. Like call them out negatively, the mm -hmm. differences. Yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Well, I think even like because I think like you can, you there can things, discuss like the beauty of a difference. Like you carry something different than me. Yeah. And we get to have yeah. that in fullness when yeah. we're together. Well, I think so. Like what, what the world does is it's tool to fight against racism, right? Is to, you know. Create more laws. <laughs> that, that too. I mean, first you have to get to the point where like government doesn't do anything good. Mm -hmm. That's if we're, if we're being honest. So why would yeah. we let them figure out race? It's like, well, we're trying to, we're trying to figure out and, and develop a natural solution for a, a spiritual 
uh, issue. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't have, there's no natural solution for a spiritual issue other than Christ himself. He is the answer. Mm -hmm. And so you look at like people really wanting to pioneer for these adjustments mm -hmm. and this implementation of a, a certain policy or removing this form mm -hmm. of, um, of system of government yeah. that has plagued the United States or whatever, whatever country in for however yeah. long you can put another law in, you can, you can implement another policy. However, if, if sin is still real because evil is still present, well then we're still going to have an issue mm -hmm. until well, Jesus reigns in that area. Yeah. Well, like I said, I said this a couple podcasts, I think ago, but passing a law to stop abortion won't stop abortion because mm -hmm. there's a spirit of abortion. Mm -hmm. Passing a law against racism won't change that. There'll be a spirit of racism, whether you accept that or you don't accept that. Some people are just actually not aware of it because it's again like you could you could go through life and not experience it, but you'll. Um, but inevitably, like we do treat people on the basis of what we perceive, and so I think what the world does is it's like, hey, let's accept, let's be accepting, and let's acknowledge and be proud of the differences and embrace embrace this, right? But that's where it stops. Mm. So it stops at the group per se, where like the kingdom of God is like, that's all true, but that's not where it stops. It continues on way past that in the sense that, you know, like, just like that there's different levels of like, uh, you know, like acknowledge the differences. And then there's like, then people have talents and skills and they have abilities and then people have callings. And then even more above that, they have a destiny and they have, they're a child of God, even higher than that. And then you see that they're heirs and they're kings and, you know, and, to the, and, and we're actually called to not see them at the most, you know, superficial level. So we, we're, we're kind of stuck on this superficial level of like race when we should be on this much deeper level of, you know, understanding that people are kings and queens regardless of so like economics, yeah. regardless of social class, regardless of race or ethnic class or, yeah. you know what I mean? And it's seeing by the spirit. Mm -hmm. You know, when you live by the spirit, you're undoubtedly going to see by the spirit and you'll see your sibling in the faith, the way that God created mm -hmm. them and fashioned them. And you'll get to live together. Mm -hmm. um, you'll get to live together through that lens yeah. of oneness. But we, we, I, what I'm seeing is people kind of struggle with, with, with choosing to see by the spirit because of all of the natural opposition that continues to be broadcasted or presented and where we're now looking for, okay, well, let's give, give me a natural conclusion. Well, how about the conclusion is live by the spirit as a believer, live, live in and by love, become love, um, and watch darkness be dispelled through the light of Jesus mm -hmm. in you from the love of Jesus through you, mm -hmm. you know? And to me that, that personally is the only solution. Um, and the only conclusion that we really can come to is, mm -hmm. Hey, it has to be about Jesus. Yeah. We have to see by the spirit. We have to, we have to love people mm -hmm. and we have to bring people into the family of God for them to be awakened to the beauty of the kingdom yeah. and understand, Oh, I actually don't have to be mad anymore. I actually can live in unity with you through love because Jesus already finished the work. He destroyed the dividing wall. There's no separation anymore. Mm -hmm. We can live as one. 
And that was one of the, that was, that was the biggest prayer, John 17, where Jesus is talking with the father about oneness, his oneness with the father, the father's oneness with him, Mm -hmm. our oneness with the both of them. Um, And we can have that. We've actually already been given access to it. We possess it by the spirit as a, as a new creation believer. However, awareness will determine if you function from that place or if you don't. Mm -hmm. And awareness comes back to intimacy. Mm -hmm. So for me, I just believe that one, I'm a son of God before I'm a man of color. And as a result of being a son, living in sonship, I have access to everything my father has given Mm -hmm. me. And I have the authority to dispel darkness wherever it's trying to reign Mm -hmm. over the lives of people who are either being influenced by it, Mm -hmm. communities that are being uh, influenced by it, certain um, areas of government that are being influenced by it. Mm -hmm. A believer has the authority to dispel that with the light of God's Mm -hmm. truth and love. And we've got to come to a place where we understand our authority and our power and function from there Mm -hmm. um, because that dispels darkness. Mm -hmm. So now Jesus can reign there and people can be awakened to the fact that we can live in togetherness, that racism is now a non-issue. Yeah. Yeah, and just I hope we're going in the direction you want. But <clears throat> like just talking about we'll like... We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Well, I hope. We will. But we'll see. Um, just like laying down the current culture that you live in. Yeah, yeah. Except the kingdom culture. Yes, bro. That is the that's, direction. That's just a... That's just a big, big concept that's hard to grasp because, again, we go back to like just, okay, well, I de- we'll highlight a culture and we'll talk about that and we'll be like, yeah, it's just your culture, bro. Like that's totally. just, that's kind of like where you come from. That's your background. And it's like the kingdom culture that exists is like your previous culture dissipates and dissolves away and it's gone. That's right. Has nothing to do with you anymore. Right. Um, you know, like the world has set up so many limitations to moving around from your culture. Like yeah, yeah. world says, embrace your culture. Right. Right. And that sounds good and correct. Like, oh, yeah. embrace your culture, embrace who you are totally, and embrace your background. And in a way it's like, sure, but actually disregard it, throw it on the sea of forgetfulness, never go back to it yeah. and accept a kingdom culture that says you are not defined by this world anymore. Right. You know, we can live out of the natural and be like, okay, I can live out of the natural and let my, you know, my skin color, my background, my ethnicity affect how I go into relationships and how I go into business and how I go into all of these things in my life. Or I can walk in knowing that as a child of God and as a citizen of Christ, like, so even this concept of abandoning your, your American identity, Mm-hmm. That we would not identify as that, right? Because we would we wouldn't want that to take to supersede our identity as a Christian or as a Christ follower. We don't want it to supersede it, so that way, that is what's operating when we're doing relationship. We want to let like our citizenship of heaven to operate before us. Yes. And so, in order for that to do, in order for us to do that, it requires us to uh, lay down our culture, mm-hmm. lay down our background, lay down our skin color lay down our history and say, not any of those things, 
you know, that's not what's going to get me through the door, but it's simply the fact that I'm a citizen of heaven. Yeah. And then we see other people as citizens of heaven. Absolutely. And then like, yes, we'll be like, yeah, you're, you're black. Yeah. You're white. Yeah. You're Asian. Yeah. You're from this place or this place. But like, but you represent heaven, but like, that. but all of that is garbage compared to the fact that you're a citizen of heaven. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can acknowledge it and totally. it's great to appreciate who people are right. because we can't change that. Right. But who they are at a greater level is a citizen of heaven. And Absolutely. I'd rather acknowledge that and spend my time doing that. Absolutely. Like, sure. Maybe I'll, I'll like, I don't even think we need to acknowledge skin color and culture because it's, it's rags compared to the fact that you're a son of God and mm-hmm. you dwell in the kingdom of heaven. Like, mm-hmm. like you're like, Jesus already has you. Like he's already marked you. Yeah. Um, so in a way, I think it's just a different sign of maturity to just choose. You choose to see people that way. Right. By the spirit. Yeah. Like yeah. I can see you in the natural Tracy or I can, you know, or I can, and I can, and that. I can appreciate that. Yeah. I can appreciate you in the natural. Right. Like you're a good looking guy. So I appreciate the fact Thank that you. you're a model looking guy. Okay. Well, let's just keep going. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't want me to go on a tangent. Um, you can appreciate the fact that I, I appreciate yeah, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And I think that's important to appreciate people because you want to be a friend to someone. And totally. I love that you bring this up because I, I really believe that Western church has been so influenced by the world. And so we have adopted the culture of the world versus understanding the culture of the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And you, we don't even really teach people the culture of heaven um, well at all mm-hmm. nowadays. And so now there's just such a major infiltration of how the, the world operates mm-hmm. and how it has, has really seeped into how the church operates. Yeah. And it should not be that way. Mm-hmm. You know, in fact, that's partly due to pers- no persecution. Well, it's true. In, in Western uh, church. Don't even get me on. In Western church. Don't even get me started on that. But um, I think, I mean, I really believe that the church, the body of Christ should be pioneering everything. Yeah. Know, the body of Christ everything. should be pioneering everything. Every because sphere. when we manifest heaven on earth and every sphere of influence on, on this earth, we're really paving way for the king to return. Mm-hmm. But until we wake up to fullness, until we wake up to what's been finished, until we wake up mm-hmm. to... Um, who we actually are in him, the authority that we've been given, our co-heirship, our inheritance, et cetera, et cetera. We will continue to live as if we are unaware that we possess mm-hmm. it. And, and that's a bummer. But the culture of heaven, for sure, the culture of the kingdom absolutely must be the conversation that we're having with other believers so they can understand who they are, what they possess as kings, as queens on the earth. I mean, mm-hmm. the word of God is our constitution, mm-hmm. You know, like when you're reading the word, you're actually seeing what's in you. It mirrors your spirit. So you're becoming even more aware of what you possess. And when you understand that, then you know how to operate as a king on the earth. You know that you're not bound by identity politics or Mm -hmm. group think. Mm -hmm. You think like your father, the righteous king. And as a result of that, you get to release the government of heaven and all of the the executive orders of the heavenly government onto the earth and people Mm -hmm. get to come into that family and race is not an issue there. Mm -hmm. Uh, because the beauty of, of heaven is it's, it is a wonder of diversity. We all look different, but we all reflect King Jesus. We all Mm -hmm. reflect our father in such unique expressions and ways. And so the, the, 
the belief is that people will begin to, especially believers, I mean, primarily believers, will wake up to that. And then mm-hmm. the conversation will will be less about, you know, cultural relevance mm-hmm. according mm-hmm. to the world mm-hmm. and more about kingdom culture and who we actually are, what we possess and how we are to operate on the earth, mm-hmm. paving way for Jesus mm-hmm. to return. Yeah. So like Genesis 1, um, I don't know which specific verse. I'm not going to look it up. Um, but in Genesis. Subdue and take dominion. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, like, Adam and Eve gave it up. Jesus came back, gave it back. Yeah. Passed that baton back to us. Yeah. And so from the lowest to the highest, mm-hmm. every single every single Christ follower, not Christian, Christ follower, because mm-hmm. we've got a lot of Christians who don't follow Christ. Well, so, come on now. So the ones who follow Christ and know they're a son and an heir can be an influencer, can dominate a sector. Yeah, it doesn't bro. matter if you are poor or you're rich because right. it's not defined by what you do, but it's simply defined by the relationship that you have with right. Christ that sets you apart in places you totally in, in higher places. And the fact that, and I have been, I have been talking about this, the fact that who you are is garbage compared to who he is, mm. you know, and who he's defined you to be. And the fact that you're not going to be put in high places because of what you can do, but simply because of relationship that the c- people of Christ would be excellent at everything they do. Right. But above and beyond the grace and favor on our life would be so much higher than our excellence mm-hmm. that his spirit's spirit of excellence would be shown. Mm-hmm. Cause I, I had looked back and I was like, is this my spirit of excellence or is this the father's spirit of excellence? Cause his spirit of excellence looks totally different than what I think it is. Cause in my eyes, it's perfectionism. Right. But in his eyes, it's way more than that, you know, because on the outside, we look at the things that God does and we're like, that doesn't, it doesn't look perfect to us right. because we have, we could sometimes have a distorted view or not the full picture, but in his way he's doing is the perfect way. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because he likes to come in at the last possible moment. We'd like him to come right at the moment. It starts, the problem starts, mm. you know, we want it to come right at the gateway of the valley, but usually he comes at the end of the valley. Yeah. And so just this concept that we would be seen as a people who are favored, where just like Joseph, not, like I'm sure Joseph was a skilled man and had many talents, but he was not placed, you know, in charge of the prisons because of what he could do. He was placed there because the guards liked him, mm-hmm. you know? And, because, and, and they liked him because they saw that he had a relationship with someone divine. Mm-hmm. There, was, there was something different about, mm-hmm. about him and how he presented himself. And it's because he had yeah. been with God and he was I, aware. So I actually want to talk about Joseph because Joseph was a foreign person from a foreign yeah. land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. isolated and, from <laughs> yeah. his people. Um, and so just this concept that of relationship, which I think is important because we've kind of transferred over into like this topic of relationship, which I think topic. it always ends. My favorite. Like, in, a people, in a people group. Um, this, it, but it has to. It has to. It totally yeah. does. Well, Everything's about relationship. Because the whole concept of race and higher calling yeah. is how you perceive your relationship with someone. Do yeah. you see a difference, or you just see a brother, totally, or a sister, and like, can you just simply treat them that way? One of my one of my leaders, actually, to to mm-hmm. your point here, said this, and I thought this was such a wonderful. It was a wonderful question. They go, if if everyone were colorblind, would we treat anyone differently? No, we wouldn't. If I didn't see the color of someone's skin, then I'd have no 
concept of why I should treat them different according to like the structure mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the world or whatever things might have influenced my belief system because of mm-hmm. how you look. And it's true. I mean, that's a really that's a really great question. Mm-hmm. I mean, if we all were colorblind, I wouldn't have to treat you or I, I wouldn't be taught to treat you differently because of the color of your skin. So now you transfer that to like more of a spiritual lens. Well, I see you by the spirit, so which means I see you yeah, through yeah. the blood and love. Well, and I and I'm gonna love you. Well, and, it's just that. And function in oneness with you because of of His love for you through me. It's that concept of like, uh, you know, would I treat you any different in the kingdom of God if you were like an evangelist or you're a prophet or right, you know right. what I mean? Like, I mean, because yeah. I because you're different than me because right. they think differently or they have different motives. Uh, you know, so I think there's that aspect, but I wanted to, so I want to talk about Joseph. So Joseph, yeah. um, everything defined by relationship and mm-hmm. how we do life and the fact that everything is done through a man and, 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 and through the lives of the Bible, except for when it falls out of the sky in right. form of bread, <laughs> True, sweet bread, that sweet, sweet bread. But even Jesus, the bread of life. Come on. Like, yeah. I, that was him. So like God chooses <laughs> to partner with people. And so like this basis of relationship, like, of like, he was different than everybody else on the exterior. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And he was in a foreign land of foreign gods, of foreign people. Right. And so, and I, I'm talking about this because I see the people of Christ who follow, choose to follow him and not Christianity, but choose to follow Jesus, um, that they will be seen in the eyes of like this, like, oh, like you just got lucky. Mm. You just met the right person. Um, you know, nepotism, favoritism, uh, all these isms of just like, not by skill, not by talent, you yeah. know, yeah. you know, and there's even that verse, like not by power, not by might, but by his spirit, Yeah, you know? And so this concept of like, it's all about relationship. Yeah, Relationship is what's going to promote you to the next level and have higher influence to influence more people and higher people. And just this aspect that like, everyone would look at your life and they'd be like, yeah, you don't deserve any of this. And you would be like, yeah, you're right. I don't deserve any of this. Um, like I, like no work ethic, know how to work hard, know how to be a good person, Mm. but know that none of that will take you to where you need to be. It's simply through relationship Mm. and that we would prize ourselves in doing that. And so like you look at Joseph's life, everything done through man, like because of his relationships, and how he delivered himself and presented himself, his brothers hated him and they threw him in a hole. So through a man, you know, like that was not God, but that was the enemy used them through that and threw him in a hole. And so then he ended up uh, uh, Potiphar's house, right? Yeah. And you see through relationship, the wife threw him into prison. Yeah. So you see like the negative aspects of relationship. So it's interesting that God shows how relationships can work negatively against you. Mm-hmm in a way. Right. Yeah. And then you see that after that, everything else relationships were meant for good. And so you see, he gets to the prison. Um, not only do the guards like him and does he take, does he become in charge of the prison? But you also see that people start to come up to him and tell him the dreams they're having. Yeah. So I I know this to be true for myself. I'm not going to walk up to a stranger from a foreign land and be like, Hey, can I tell you my dream? (laughs) So there you should must, try it and see what happens. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> so there must be some sort of like history right. or relationship that transpired for someone to feel comfortable to just express and trust what someone would say right. and hold to it, you know? Well, I love that you're saying this. 
because a verse comes to mind and it's Galatians 3.27. And it says, those that who have been baptized into Christ are now clothed with Christ. <clears throat> and so the character of Christ that you display will, will cause for people to want to partner with you and help in any way that they can. And so even in Joseph's life, you see there was an awareness of his relationship with God because he had favor from God. And men saw that and men loved what they were witnessing because his character conveyed a relationship with the divine mm -hmm. and there was partnership with man as a result. I mean, now he's like promoted and elevated continuously. Uh, mm -hmm. And and that's it, that really is exactly how we get to live our lives mm -hmm. since we've now been clothed with Christ. And now we have his characteristics, characteristics because we have his mind. Mm -hmm. We have the fullness of his spirit. So we get to display that and it will naturally attract people to want to partner with us, believer and unbeliever alike. Mm -hmm. And, and we get to really do incredible things, yeah. um, things that we didn't think that we could do, but mm -hmm. because favor follows us, we're always under the blessing of God. His hand is always over, over us and we're in it. Those are natural byproducts. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, you said like non-believer and unbeliever. I love, so like if Joseph was here, I'd definitely be his buddy. I'd love that guy. He's a cool guy. I would say like, I'm his friend. Okay. Yeah. He's a cool guy. Um, you guys talk? No, no. I'm going to no. talk to Jesus, bro. That's okay. Weird. I was just wondering. It's weird. I don't do that grave stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stop. Okay. <laughs> Come on. Keep ah, going. Tangents. Um, tangerines. Oh my gosh. Um, so what I really like is that he didn't, Joseph didn't do that hyper-spiritual mumbo-jumbo of like, I'm a Jew and like, mm. I'm not going to go there. But like, he was elevated in position. He ended up being second in command of, of all of uh, Egypt. Mm -hmm. You know, they believe different gods, different morals, different mm -hmm. ethics, different mm -hmm. practices. And you didn't hear him crying wolf of saying like, but I'm a Jew. Right, I can't right. be here. Right. He, you know, and so there's that sign of immaturity within the Christ, Christian world that I can uh, confess to myself from the from the past and say, like, you know, I had felt guilty for being around darkness when I should actually not feel guilt in being darkness because I'm actually called to be in darkness because I am the light. Um, and so but for him, like he he went in and um, where that's what we're called to do is we're called to be in the highest places of darkness. Yeah, and, you know, I agree. And be light. Salt of the earth, light of the because world, there's a city lot of, on a hill. So we're called to be a city on the hill, but there's a lot of cities on hills with no light. Totally. And so we're called to actually go up on these hills and be the light for these cities. Totally. You know, so. And light's attractive. But, I mean, you look at we insects. Can, yeah, we can be too scared. To light. We can be too scared to go up up the mountain because we're, because we're, uh, we're, we're Christian, mm -hmm. you know? And so I think we should be people of no party and we shouldn't discriminate against a party in the sense that like we should not be defined by a class or by a party or by a religion or by a sector of people, but that we're called to go into other sectors and in a way be incognito and not cry wolf and victimhood, mm -hmm. but simply be influencers of the kingdom, secret agents yeah. go on secret mission missions. And like, if you look at it that way, like Pharaoh would be equivalent to president. So yes, yes. So Joseph was essentially the advisor of the president yeah. who didn't even believe in the same things. Right. Yet 
the Pharaoh, you know, he trusted, trusted his Joseph. every word. Yeah. Through relationship. Yeah, he did. And so we're, we can be out here we're, and we're binding people and not things of the enemy. Mm-hmm. So we're binding the people, but not the things of the enemy. Right. And so being a friend, it, it starts <clears throat> early. And so like, God will teach us to manage friendships so we can be put on these hilltops and we can be, you know, advisors to the people who need advisors, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and I think for some people it could be scary. I think it's like, it's a daunting thing, totally. but I think when you have uh sonship and you, you see that like you're actually called to be in those places yeah. of like, no, don't go there. Taboo. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I really do think that that's like the type of people that we'd be known as is not that we're like we have bigotry or, you know, we're too holy or more morally higher than somebody. Right. But that we'd actually partner with people outside of the kingdom. Totally. In the sense that they think it's a partnership, you know, it may be equal footing in relationship, but in reality, like we're pointing towards Christ and Mm -hmm. we're just now, now Jesus can come into their relationship mm-hmm. of how they're doing things. And I've noticed that in a lot of, in a lot of ways with like partnering with people who don't know kingdom. Mm-hmm. And then when you partner with them, kingdom comes in and then it actually starts to influence how they do things. Yeah. And now they have a lens for the kingdom. Yeah. Through you. Cause we carry it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all, it's really just, I mean, you probably know that. Love. I mean, cause especially cause the, Being the industry you're actor, in. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So it's been fun. I mean, you just get to, you get to be the love of Jesus on the earth and it's so inviting and it's so kind. It's not compromising. Um, and it has the authority and power to dispel darkness while at the same time it's attractive and it's attractive to believer and unbeliever alike. Mm -hmm. And there's the opportunity, there's the door to really just give a person what you know they need, which is him because every human being, Mm-hmm. on the face of this planet needs Jesus. Mm-hmm. Everyone. No one is exempt from needing him. And we carry him. You know? So for me, I don't believe it is it's wrong for a believer to have influence and to really live in a space where people are are looking to them. However, you can misuse that if mm-hmm. you don't have intimacy with mm-hmm. with Jesus himself. Mm-hmm. And so knowing that intimacy will always be the key to walk in the beauty of humility, to walk in the yeah. beauty of generosity, to walk in the beauty of kindness, to walk in the beauty of, of consistency, of consideration, every characteristic mm-hmm. that Jesus reflects yeah. that's now been placed within us, intimacy will unlock that and unveil that for us to operate that mm-hmm. way. Because it is supposed to be heaven on earth in every sphere, mm-hmm. whether it's a sphere that is extremely influential or a sphere that may not be anything people would ever see yeah. or recognize on this side of heaven. Doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We are to occupy all of those spaces mm-hmm. and release what we've been given. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I believe that personally. Yeah. So like the DNA of heaven when it comes to relationship is not relationship abuse. No. Relationship abuse would be to find relationship for the sake of promotion, knowing that the truth is through relationship you will be promoted. Right. right? Which is manipulation. So that's the, like, it's evident that seeking relationship and even caring about people in a way, like you care about them. Right. But at the same time, you understand that promotion comes with that. If we seek relationship for our own sake, 
you know, like you said, manipulation. Mm -hmm. But the DNA of heaven is we seek relationship to promote others higher above us, regardless of ever needing to get promoted ever. And like understanding that you'll have more impact on your life if you can promote, if I can promote 10 people far above myself and still seek to promote others, I'll have more influence than the person who will say, let me seek my own to promote myself so I can be an influencer and and then I'll have followers. It's scripture when in, in Philippians when Paul says to consider others better than mm-hmm. yourself. And then it's also honor. Mm-hmm. You know, honor does elevate others because of love. Yeah. And we celebrate other people mm-hmm. regardless of socioeconomic class, mm-hmm. regardless of race. We celebrate people because we love people mm-hmm. and we honor people and yeah. honor elevates. You know, and now I get to consider other people better than myself. And it's a wonderful opportunity to still live in togetherness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm about that. Yeah. And I mean, the Bible said it's like, hey, like, um, we're not looking for the crowds or the flocks. We're looking for the few. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And there will only be a few. And it says it in the Bible. There's few, but the harvest will be plenty. And, you know, just this concept of like don't wait for other people in the sense that like we there's going to be few people no matter what right doing this right but you're going to reap the rewards of having so many amazing people who who have gone so much farther than you ever will and i think yeah. there's a side that you embrace and you're like man i really want people to go further than myself yeah and to see oh, that so wonderful so the heart of the father needs to be transplanted in yeah. And, and sons and daughters and, yeah. and well, heart of the father, heart of the mother to have that transplanted in, in our lives so we can be so about seeing other people move much farther. Because I forget who told me, um, maybe it was Roman actually. And it was just like the fact that everything we ever do in our life, which this might be obvious to some people, but to me it was, it was, it was profound that everything we do in our life, companies we, we form, Companies we buy, houses we buy, houses we rent, we sell, um, the, you know, the trade deals we do, the laws we vote for, the policies, the governments that are put in place, all of that will simply just fade away, you know, without adding all the like, it'll all burn and all that totally, stuff, totally. but just like it, it'll fade away mm-hmm. and just like age and beauty, it'll fade away. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I think you can still be beautiful at 99, but, but it'll just look the same. You bro, you're going to look like a 20 year old. (laughs) Thanks. Uh, just giant. You're going to, bro, they say, keep going, keep going with your thought. They say you stop growing at 25. Tracy's going to be growing until he's 99. He's going to be 20 feet in the face. Keep going with your thought, mister. (laughs) Um, what was I saying though? Uh, how all that stuff will fade away. Yeah, it'll all fade away. And like really truth, uh, truthful note, it's not the, like the souls that you see that you prayed for that you're going to see in heaven. Yeah. You know, it's not that, that's not what you're going to see, but your true treasure will be the souls that you treated well and loved on and, and devoted and spent time into. Yeah. Those are the treasures that you're going to see in heaven. Yeah. Because the mistreatment of souls in the current generation is, is awful. And that goes back. I mean, you've, you've talked about this a lot. This is a huge subject matter for you is honor. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, there's How'd been, you know that? Well, I mean, 
you live it. So, oh, I mean, just even the fact that you have brought yeah, me yeah, out yeah, here, yeah, yeah. you sure. treated me so well. But yeah, it is you, we. Tracy. Uh, I honor you, Israel. But we 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 have to learn how to honor yeah. as Jesus has honored. Um, and and sometimes again, if you are not if you're not functioning by the Spirit, um, and you're not seeing through the lens of love, then it will be very difficult yeah. for you to operate in honor toward mm-hmm. others, especially if you're dishonored by yeah. them. Um, and so we have got to do a better job at functioning and living by the spirit in all spaces at all times, honoring, yeah. loving. I mean, everything does come back to love and as a byproduct of love, honor mm-hmm. is an execution. Yeah. Um, uh, consideration mm-hmm. is an execution. So all these things are executed as a result of living by the spirit, mm-hmm. living aware of love mm-hmm. and giving it away. That's the only debt we owe. Yeah. What is Roman? I think it's Romans nine, maybe Romans eight. I don't care, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't care. What it is. Uh, but it says, Paul says if there's, so I'm the type of guy where like, I just don't remember verses and oh, that's good. chapters. I just don't, I just know yeah, just the whole just share. Just you know, God, the heart God writes it. His letter on my heart. Come on, Holy Spirit writes the yes. letter. The letter on my heart. That's scripture, by the way. I don't yeah. know where it is. Says that. Yes, but it says that somewhere in the Bible. It does. It does. <laughs> That's say all that, that matters. Um, like Proverbs says it a lot. Something like that. Maybe I. I can't even fact check you right now. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Keep going. This mister. one's just gonna hit different. Keep um, going. To only the only thing we should outdo each other in is honoring one another. And yes. so having this competitive love, so a competitive love, mm-hmm. so not ambition, mm-hmm. but let love compel you to outdo each other in honor. Yes. And that we'd have a atmosphere of you open the door for me. I'm a, bro. I'm, I'm going to open the door to you every time. I won't even give you an opportunity to open the door for me right. because I want to open the door for you. Cause I love you. And like, bro, I won't even like, I won't even, and even this too, like, not that it's always about doing things for people, but sometimes, um, like, and I would ask the Holy Spirit to tell you this, but like knowing when the times to take a step back and honor people by receiving their gifts. And that sometimes the greatest gift we can ever give is how we receive the gift, just Mm -hmm. like Jesus. What is a jar of oil to a king who knows greater riches than anyone who's ever lived Mm -hmm. and who has the heavens and the angels at his command? What is a jar of oil and perfume to him? To us, it's a lot, but to him, it's rags, right? right? Right. And so the honor Jesus showed to Mary Mm -hmm. when she was at his feet, Mm -hmm. you know? You know, it wasn't the act that was holy. It was the heart position that was holy. Mm-hmm. And he honored that. It wasn't the penny that was given that was holy, but it was the heart of giving the penny that was seen as holy. And so, but what is a penny to the king? And even what is a million dollars to the king? It's rags. Right. right. Because none of that will go to heaven. Right. Right. So it's that heart position of like, sometimes, you know, the gift isn't necessarily for you. But what we can do is honor back because we've all been in situations where we get a gift and we're like, well, I mean, like I've had better. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. I mean, I really didn't need $10 from somebody today. Like I could have bought my own coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Could have filled up my own totally. tank of gas. <laughs> I could have, so I could have bought my own plane ticket. So funny. But I, my goal and purpose on earth is, is part of my goal and purpose on earth is to honor 
yes. my brothers and my sisters so I can activate them to more because the partially the act of generosity is not even for the father. It's for us. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't need the money. And we hear that, you know, he doesn't need the money. Right. Um, you know, like I think sometimes we give for a need, but sometimes we just give for our need in the sense that we need to grow and foster this, uh, atmosphere in our life of generosity, generosity. Yeah. And, and honoring and loving. Yeah. And so it's usually for us, but not to limit people, by our dishonor and being like, hey, like, I mean, like, cool, thanks for the gift. But like, be be so in tune with the spirit and be like, wow, thank you. Yeah. Like understanding their perspective and coming down to that level of honor. I think it's really important because we're going to, as we live our lives, we're going to experience that more and more and more. And we can actually shut down the heart of someone in the field of generosity or we could shut down you know, we can limit a person because of how we accepted their gift. Like, how would Mary have felt if she had saved this jar of oil? Totally. And if Jesus she had prepared like, no. this moment, if she yeah. had been so fixated on Jesus and he's just like, nah, 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 nah. Right. Nah. What did she have? Myrrh? Yes. Yeah. He's like, and he's just like, give, give me some other perfume because right. myrrh? Right. Like that's expensive, it was but more like than something else, I'm, but it was really, really yeah. expensive. Like we could be like, no, nah, that's too cheap for me. Like, no. Nah. Yeah. Um, and someone could be like, Hey bro, let me buy you a coffee. And you're just like, no, nah, it's good, bro. Like I'm good. Totally. <laughs> and we can reject that. But if we don't see from the eyes of heaven, that's them trying to get breakthrough in their life for generosity. Mm-hmm. And we can limit that. And so like when someone says, Hey, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Hey, let me fill your gas. Like, Hey, let me pick you up. Hey, like be, be in the atmosphere to always receive gifts. Like we should become so good at get, receiving gifts totally. that then we allow the body to function all around us and they'll begin to be generous too. Mm-hmm. But I noticed just like, yeah, like in my life, one thing I very much am an advocate for is like, yo, why'd you tell them no when they offered you to buy a cup of coffee? Right, right, right. Like, do you not understand what you just did? Right in the realm of the kingdom, right. you just shut down that that gift yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah. Or yeah. like, hey, can I pray for you? You're like, actually, I'm really good. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it's not that you, you're not good. Like you may be good inside and you may be good, but like someone's coming up to pray for you. Give them something to pray on. Don't just say you're good. Yeah. Like you may be fine internally, yeah. but the aspect of like, they're trying to operate in their gift. And so honor them by giving them at least something. That's exactly it. There, you give them space to operate mm-hmm. um, and really to be activated. Yeah, and they might be a fresh believer, totally. but let them operate. Like, totally. give them something to work with. Because I've been there before, and someone comes up to me, and I'm like, they're like, hey, bro, can I pray for you for something? And I'm like, <laughs> that's no, so funny. like, I'm good. Bill like, Johnson, I'm good inside. <laughs> Bill Johnson said this once. I thought it was so wonderful. He goes, he allows for people to come up and give him words, even if they're way off. He goes, I, I, I. I honor when someone has the the gumption and the faith to step out to try, even if they're completely off and 100% wrong, than to shut them down in the moment and dismiss them because mm. that's dishonoring. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really cool. I think that's absolutely wonderful. Now, of course, you, you know, you discern by the spirit, obviously, if someone is governed fully by darkness and really possessed in that regard, then you're not, you, yeah, do you, you free thing. them. Mm-hmm. But, um, 
in the sense of believers, you know, especially newer in the mm-hmm. faith and who are learning what it means to mature in Jesus, mm-hmm. learning how to honor all people. Cause scripture says to honor everyone, everyone, not just those above, not just those above those above, not those beside, but to honor everyone. Mm-hmm. And we're called to because it's love. Them. It's love. Come on. Come on. And it, I mean, and it kind of ties back into our original topic and our original starter of race. Mm-hmm. We honor all people, regardless of what they look like, regardless of the color of their skin. That's why for me personally, I don't know if I find stereotypes to be honoring. Mm-hmm. I get they might be funny, but there are loads of things to joke about and be jovial in mm-hmm. regards to that have nothing to do with keeping people slightly divided for the mm-hmm. sake of a joke. It's like a small amount of poison. Like it's not going to kill anybody. Right. It may not be noticeable, right? but a small amount of poison will, you know, just like a few lies through your life will eventually become this massive lie in your mm-hmm. life that you believe in, yeah. you carry with you. And it just becomes this bag of baggage of baggage. Totally. And it's just, un- it just, it becomes unnecessary. Yeah. Like we don't want to be the ones where we're giving people baggage and then 10 years down the road, we got to pray for them to remove the baggage we gave them. <laughs> that we gave them. Yeah. We were responsible. Well, for we them. say we, because we the body. Yeah, it the is. Body. It is so, we the body. It's us. So, and I've learned that is like, and this is recently too. It's like anytime a single individual makes a mistake or there's a burden that's been put on the body and the local church of like a mistake was made, miscommunication, misunderstanding, right. Um, you know, someone's upset, you know, we damage something, you know, I I have to learn, I learned to not point the individual anymore, but I actually take it on myself and I'm like, actually not your fault at all. Right. Like if I'm a leader and I'm to influence and this is my domain that I subdue, then, you know, it's my fault. It could have been 10 other people were involved, but it's my fault because yeah. it's the body and I'm connected to the body. Totally. And so, you know, if you hear racism, it's it's not just that person who's saying it in the body, but it's also you because you're connected to the body. Mm-hmm. If your hand slaps somebody and your left hand doesn't, your left hand is still guilty. Mm. And so this whole concept of I'm connected to the body and so you're actually in a project coming up and it's called forgive this Christmas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or, in other words, F this Christmas. Oh forgive. I think that's what it's titled, right? It is. It's F called this Christmas. That F yeah. this Christmas. But so forgive, forgive this, Christmas. this Christmas. Well, forgive today, but like forgive your brother and fill that gap and be the one to bring reconciliation mm-hmm. without, and, and at the same time, don't dishonor your brother who did it right. and, and make a scene out of it. And make them feel lower, call them up and then fill the gap and be the one to bring reconciliation. Don't wait for them. You just do it. It's true. And so you like, cause that's what a father is. A son, a father's son will go kick their neighbor, neighbor's kid. And the father will go to the other father and say, Hey, I'm sorry. My son did that. Totally. And then the father will be like, yeah, like they're just over. They'll be fine. Yeah. You know? And so that concept of like, be a father over everybody, whether they see you as a father, they don't see you as a father, be the one where they make a mistake. You just cover it for them. Yeah. And you just go and take care of it. Dude, and, come on. And you don't make a scene. Love covers. 
Love covers. And we're in the ministry of reconciliation. Let's not make feel people. Let's not make people feel like they're immature. Right. Let's just cover them with maturity. Right. Because it's love, man. Mm-hmm. Let's not make scenes. We're in that let's, ministry. Let's just have that atmosphere where someone makes a mistake and you're just like. And I've seen this in my life too, like with friends, like years ago, and like we're gonna wrap up soon. And I would I would say things in like relationship in a group. That would make someone feel uncomfortable or less of themselves. <laughs> you? <laughs> I, me. Me. I said that. It's hard to believe. That's so funny. Um, and then later, my friend would call that person and be like, hey, like, um, like, sorry if they said anything. Totally. You know, like, I'm sure his intentions weren't that way, but like, I just want to make sure you're okay. And so that, that act of fatherhood where it's like, I may not see them as a father, but they just fulfill that role. And it's not because being a father is not to be higher or have a hierarchy above somebody. It's actually right. just to protect people. Right. And so just that concept of, you know, and I appreciate that. And they actually never called me and said like, Hey, pointed me out, made me feel immature, made me feel less of myself. They just covered me and protected that relationship internally. And they were the ones who, who did it. Yeah. You know? And so I think oh. that's, yeah, a lot of it's love, a lot of honor there. And that's what we call outdoing each other in honor. Yeah. You know, you see a mistake. We don't, make someone feel bad about making it and then we cover it that's the thing is we don't make people feel bad about making it we do cover it yeah and we, and our correction is simply by our response mm-hmm. and how we do it and how we actually resolve the situation in love mm-hmm. like speaking the truth in yeah. love not in harshness mm-hmm. and this applies back to work this applies back to everything you just like employee makes a mistake you know you can don't don't call it out in the moment just hold it cover it, fix it, and then address it with love later. Yeah. Address it with kindness and patience. And then that issue will be resolved rather than them having to repress it and deal with it and feel ashamed. Yeah. Cause in the moment it's going to make them feel ashamed and it's going to put weight on them. And then now you're going to have an issue between that person. Yeah. 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 Cause they're going to feel victimized. Come on, Israel, you better share. Oh, thanks, bro. I love it. Okay. Um, we're going to wrap up. You want to release good. something? Just release something, bro. <laughs> Just release something. <laughs> just prophesy. So I want to release something. Prophesy? Well, I'm, I'm just going to say this. We are, it's 2 Corinthians 5, 5, 18, is that we are in the ministry of reconciliation. So we mm. are in the ministry of bringing, um, bringing our brothers and sisters back into a deeper awareness of who they are in him and how we are to operate with one another Mm -hmm. in him together. And so let us continue to function from love Mm -hmm. because reconciliation entails love. Mm -hmm. Jesus reconciled us back to the father because of love. And now we have that same opportunity to Mm -hmm. bring people back in or to make people aware. Um, but we do it in love. Yeah. Here's a picture for you and you can just have this imagery and concept in your mind. Uh, Peter chopped off the ear. Yeah. Jesus picked it up, put it on right back in front of him. Yep. And so that's the image we can carry today. And you know what's funny is Jesus did not even reprimand Peter. He was just like, hey, don't you know we're not supposed we're not supposed to, what did he say? Like our fight is not flesh and blood. Right, right. right. Well, he said that before Peter's okay. chopped the ear off and oh. then he chops the ear off. Oh, and then Peter did it. And then, and then, and like, then they all disperse and mm. then he puts Malchus's ear right back on and then boom, he's carried <laughs> off. And so take that as an image of what you can dwell on and just be like, your brother is going to, my, 
you might be with somebody and they might just totally like reprimand and like bash totally. on somebody. And you just like don't even acknowledge them. Just to ignore the inf- infantile nature. Right. And you go and you just heal the issue. Right. Then and there. And then you got double down. Then you got double reward because you honored somebody mm. and you healed somebody. So next time <laughs> your brother chops off an ear, heal the ear and then honor your brother. So and funny. now you get double reward. Yeah. So double portion. Come on now, yeah. double portion, man. Double portion. If you want to uh, donate to Tracy, I'm going to put his cash app. What? In, no, don't yeah, donate. It's, it's okay. I have his cash app. So I'm going to put his cash up in um, mm. uh, my bio. And uh, we're going to love offering. Be generous, guys. <laughs> Get out of here. Uh, he flew up all the way from LA to be here for two episodes, <laughs> like okay. four hours of recording. He Ooh. preached. He did his thing. I, listen, I did this because I love you all. Yeah, I love so now, Kingdom Movement. And now I love because Parable everyone Podcast. loves you, they get to do a love offering. Okay. Well, um, I so, appreciate that yeah. if anyone does. Let's, but don't yeah. feel pressure. You don't have to. Yeah, he'll receive it. If anything, just FYI, this is for you guys, not for him. <laughs> I'm just being real. Like, you guys need to give. <laughs> okay. You guys need to give. Y'all stuck on that tithe message. Oh, my gosh. It's time to get ridiculous. stuck on that generosity well, message come on now that's good that's a whole different podcast He's like, <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in okay thank you guys peace oh if you didn't know this was our par- i never said our parable you didn't at the, at, yeah so i'm gonna say hey guys welcome to our parable <laughs> welcome to our parable bye